Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm glad I can make that statement, and I don't have reserve about it. I don't have to uh, blush when I say it, but I believe it. We have a Bible, the Word of God. I thank God for our Bible, inspired and preserved for us, and I'm glad we don't have to uh, hunt for it. We don't have to wonder about it, but we can hold it in our hands and say, thank God I love the old Bible, the precious old Bible, and I thank God for my King James Bible. We're in the book of 1 Peter, and if you've missed the last couple of broadcasts, we're in now, I guess this will be broadcast three in First Peter chapter one, and we've been studying through these first several verses of First Peter, and we'll move on to verse number five and six today. And if you'd like to go back, just so you can stay up to date, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. Just go to where you listen to podcasts and search Striving for Revival, and you'll find us there. And that way you can go back and listen to these archived broadcasts and stay up to date uh, with us as we study the Bible together. I'm enjoying these studies, going through these books of the Bible. It's helping me with my own Bible knowledge. It's helping me become more familiar with these different books of the Bible. And eventually we'll make it through and we'll get to the Old Testament maybe and go through through some of those minor prophets that many folks pass by, and that'll help us as well. But I tell you, you can't beat the Word of God. Just read it, study it, muse upon it, meditate upon it, but make sure every day you spend some time with your Bible. I love my Bible, and thank God for it. Let's look together today in 1 Peter chapter number 1, and let's read in verse 1, and we'll read down through verse number 6 just for uh, verse number 5, rather. I'm sorry, verse number 5, just for context. Here the Bible says, Peter, an apostle. So Peter writing of, of, of Jesus Christ to so the strangers scattered. Sounds like James, doesn't it? And he's writing a general epistle to these believers scattered abroad, strangers, just pilgrims passing through. And he said throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. That's modern-day Turkey. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now those things only come through Jesus Christ, grace and peace. Verse number three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, with which according to his abundant mercy. I'm glad it doesn't just say he has mercy, but it says he has abundant mercy. That means his mercy is always above what you need. It's great mercy, abundant mercy. Hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faith not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, we talked about those verses in the last broadcast, how we've been born again. And when we're born again, we've been born again to a lively hope. How do we know we have a lively hope? Because we have a living Savior. And the Bible gives us that example that Jesus was resurrected. He rose from the dead so that we have hope 
in Christ. Our hope does not just live and last as long as our life does, but our hope is eternal hope. It's a lively hope. It's an ever-living hope because our Savior ever liveth, and he makes intercession for us. Not only did salvation give us a lively hope, but it also gave us a heavenly inheritance. We're waiting on an incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away kind of inheritance. You say, where is it? Reserved in heaven for you. It's already there waiting on you. In the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, name written in the book of life, a mansion made by Jesus just for you. It's waiting on you there in heaven. It's in the mind of God, not as though you're going to be there. It's as though you're there right now. I'm glad we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're already there in the mind of God. And thank God for that incorruptible inheritance, that undefiled, fadeth not away inheritance waiting for us in heaven. Now, the Bible talks about you and I who are saved. That context is given to us in verse number two, when he talks about those uh, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, those who've been sanctified by the Spirit sprinkled uh, with the blood. We have that lively hope, begotten again, born again is that phrase. We've received that abundant mercy. We have that inheritance reserved for us in glory. Now verse 5 continues and says, who are kept? All right. So we find that once you're saved, you're considered part of the elect. Once you're saved, you've been sanctified. Once you're saved, that uh, salvation has been uh, supplied, has been sprinkled upon the blood of the mercy seat. The atonement's been made. Once you're saved, you're a recipient of abundant mercy. You've been begotten again. Once you're saved, you have a lively hope. Once you're saved, you have an incorruptible, undefiled inheritance that's reserved for you in heaven. And here's another truth. Once you're saved, you are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, that word kept is very interesting. That word kept has the sense of being guarded or protected, guarded or protected. I don't know. Sometimes we'll go out soul winning and there'll be signs on these houses that'll say, beware of dog or dog on premises. A lot of times you'll find out that's just a sign. It's just there to kind of deter people who ought not be on that property. But every once in a while, there'll be a little bite behind the bark, if you will. And it's more than just a sign. There is somebody, something lurking behind that fence. Have you ever noticed that or seen that or experienced that before? I have. Boy, you walk through that gate and you think to yourself, you know, there's just that gut feeling. Maybe I shouldn't have gone through the gate. And you walk through that gate and you're a few steps from the doorknob and all of a sudden you hear a chain jingle or a, uh, a little collar jingle, a little tag on a collar. Maybe you hear a deep bark. And all of a sudden, a four-footed, ferocious thing comes running around the corner. And I tell you what you think about. It's not, uh, hey, Jesus saves. It's, hey, Jesus save me. And you run out of that property. That property's being guarded. Maybe it's a pit bull. I remember knocking the door here, and a man opened the door, and a big old pit bull, not on a leash, stood right there and just kind of looked at me like I was lunch. I tell you, it's an uneasy feeling. When that thing's guarded, it's kept by the power of that guard dog. You think about the uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Always has uh, those soldiers walking there on on uh, on post. They're there. You think about places that have people of power in them, and they have guards posted. They're kept. They're guarded by the power of those soldiers, those uh, security guards, if you will. Well, this word here, we are kept, means we are guarded. We are secured. We are protected as like by a military guard. What is keeping us, though? We are kept by the power of God. Now, listen, 
we think it's pretty impressive when a pit bull stands watch. And we think it's pretty uh, secure when a security guard's at his post. And we feel pretty safe when there's an armed soldier guarding that tomb. But can I say that we are kept, you and I who are Christians, by something much powerful, more powerful than that. We're guarded by something much more powerful than that. Something bigger than a bullet, something with more bite than a pit bull, something that's more secure than a security guard. We have the power of God, the Bible says, keeping us. Now, to my brethren and my my fellow Christians out there that are worried about whether or not they're going to be saved tomorrow. They're saved today, but not sure they can keep themselves. You can't keep yourself, but you don't have to keep yourself. You are kept, brother. You're not keeping. You're kept by the power of God. You say, well, I think I can lose my salvation. There's nothing you can do more powerful than the power of God. There's nothing you can do that has more strength than the power of God. Nothing you can do that can outlast or outlive the power of God. The Bible says we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. God's power guards our salvation. God's power keeps us saved. Let's take our Bible and go back to John chapter number 10. I honestly don't understand how anybody's ever gotten wrapped up in this false doctrine. It's so it's so so strange to me if you understand God and who he is. How could you ever think that God would be an Indian giver and you could lose your salvation? He didn't give us temporal life. We already had that. He gave us eternal life. John chapter 10, verse number 28 and verse 29. I and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Once you're saved, you're in his hand. Not only are you in his hand, but we are his hand. We're part of the body of Christ. Yeah, I had one man tell me one time, some uh, I don't know if he's church of God or what, he didn't believe right about salvation, thought he could lose it. What a miserable way to live. He said, now, Brother Cooper, I know the Bible says that no man can pluck you out of his hand, but I believe you can walk out of his hand. Now, that's just foolish. But if you take your Bible and go to the Old Testament, the Bible says, I think it's the book of Isaiah, he meets out the heavens by the span of his hand. That means from the tip of his pinky to his thumb, he measures out the expanse of the universe. God's hand is so big that he just uses that span between pinky and thumb to measure out the mileage of the galaxies. All right, so let's consider it and say, well, I think I can, I might not can get plucked out, but I can choose to walk out. That's a long walk, neighbor. You better start walking now. And by the time you get uh, about 100 yards away, you'll already be in eternity. Anyhow, you'll be saved. You're secure. You're kept by the power of God. Maybe you're listening to me today and you've been struggling, doubting your salvation. Can I say it doesn't depend on you? It all depends on him. And I have God's word on it. Once you're saved, you're always saved. You're kept by the power of God through faith un to salvation. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.